Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Math Step Back podcast. Rep the Math Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the Math Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball colleague, Matt Glatson. And tonight, and I got to show off my Mavs Cat shirt here. Look at that, Matt. <laughs> By the way, this is a retro step back podcast T-shirt. We've got some. Uh, we've got some new ones on the way. We're gonna wear them on the pod and let y'all see them. And if y'all are interested, uh, we may start selling those things. They're pretty cool. I have an even more retro version of that one, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have a. Uh, you have a uh, original. Original. What, what's it called? What, what was that? An aqua green. I don't what? even. Full aqua green with the cartoon faces on it. That was something. But anyway. The Charlotte Hornets colors. Yeah. <laughs> so the Mavs, they uh, they played the Celtics tonight. Uh, they went up by a ton. Uh, they were up by, I think, as many as 23, maybe. 23 or 24 at one point. Yeah, it was more than 20 at one point. And uh, Luca, he just had an otherworldly first half. 24 points on uh, nine shots, I believe. Uh, didn't only miss one three, and then in the second half, uh, things got scary. And I knew as soon as you told me midway through the third quarter that you already had your gamer written <laughs> for this one that they were going to end up scaring us. And it was a two possession game with like 15 seconds left at the end, and then the Mavs finally uh, put it away, uh, 113 to 108 over the Celtics. Luca, he had a monster night. You have his final stat line. Yeah, well, first of all, didn't it get – I thought it got down to two points. It did. Yeah, so one possession game, and uh, I just about threw my computer through the window. Um, <laughs> Luca's 36, 8, and 5, 11 and 15 from the field, 7 of 11 from three. Uh, eight turnovers, but I feel like a lot of those came in the second half. Yeah. He uh, – I mean, he, he had a monstrous game. He kind of got frustrated there at the end. He was a little – he was a little too aggressive. I mean, I understand why he was upset with the refs, but he just – he wasn't going to get anything, and he just kept on and kept on. He finally got a technical. And it was at that point where I was – and then Rick benched him after that, and I was thinking, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> this is not going to end well for the Mavs. You're benching. And it, we'll get into the KP stuff here in a little bit too. But, uh, yeah, Luca, he was a little feisty tonight, and you like that in a way, but then uh, – when it gets to that point where the game's getting close and he gets a technical and he's helping out the Celtics, it's like, eh, you know, hold it back just a little bit. I will say, though, uh, Jason Tatum for the Celtics, he was uh, he was jawing every trip down, too, and they didn't hit him with one. And then Jalen Brown did the uh, fist pump the air thing that KP got a tech for in the playoffs last year. Yeah, he didn't get a tag for that either. So, it is what it is. But the Mavs win. A win is a win is a win. 
and now they shift their focus uh, to New York at Madison Square Garden on Friday night primetime against the New York Knicks. And they owe the Knicks one. Uh, they owe them a couple, but they owe them one for how they how they did them last year. And hopefully KP can uh, have a bigger uh, game and finish out the game in New York than he did tonight. But before we get into all that, what were your initial takeaways from this game, the, the Celtics? Uh, it was it was a lot of what scared me last year, how they, they couldn't close out games. That, I thought that kind of um, reared its head again. And I don't understand why. Uh, I, I felt like this team had kind of turned that corner. They've, they've done a better job this year of closing out games and winning closer games, especially lately. And um, th- something just frazzled them tonight. I don't know what it was. The, the Luka Tech kind of exasperated things, and then it just got, you know, it just got exponentially worse. They almost blew a game against a team, frankly, they should beat on any night. The Celtics are not – a very good team this year. They're seventh in the East, I think, which is good for about 10th or 11th probably in the West. So, and now they're going to face a Knicks team that is fifth in the East and has beaten them three of the last four times. I know they've got some different players on there now, but you know, it's hopefully they get their issues from tonight figured out by Friday and um, get things rolling back in the right direction. Cause I know it's, I know it's a win. And I, I, I agree that a win is a win is a win, but you don't want to blow a 23-point lead and, and barely win because Rick's going to come after you and practice the next day. <laughs> and I mean, look, we, we've seen it earlier this season, too, where the Mavs, they do this. You know, they, they build a huge lead. Uh, and actually, the, the three previous wins before this one were by 20 points or more uh, in each win. So – they could have done it again tonight, but I guess at some point, you know, it, it, the Celtics weren't going to continue shooting as bad from three as they did in the first half. I get that. Uh, but, I mean, at least they held on. That, 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 that would be my silver lining because last season, Matt, this team, this is a game that they – like I would have bet money on them losing uh, last year <laughs> with the Celtics going on a run like they did towards the end. I, I would have bet anything that they'd end up blowing this game. Uh, but they didn't. They held on, so that's good. I mean, they, they win another clutch game, even though it shouldn't have been a clutch game. And hopefully stuff like this, you know, pays dividends when we get to the postseason uh, and they get in some of these tight situations and they've learned how to win in those situations, even if it could have been avoided beforehand. So yeah. uh, I think they kind of lost focus at one point because they were so efficient in the first half. Uh, they only had like, I think, eight turnovers like midway through the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, shit just started flying all over the place. Yeah. And ended up, they ended up with, uh, let's see, they ended up with 18, or sorry, 16 turnovers. So, I mean, that is many turnovers in the last, you know, 15 minutes as they did in the first, you know, 32 minutes or whatever it was, so 33 minutes. So, yeah. uh, that, that obviously played a huge factor. The thing with the turnovers, like I understand Luca's going to have turnovers every now and then, and his turnovers, he had a couple of really bad ones tonight, but the ones that irritate me the most, and, I mean, we've seen it over the last handful of games now, the Mavs really have some issues inbounding the ball. 
Like I don't know what I don't know what the issue is there, but they just like it's not even close sometimes. And it's part of the reason why the Celtics got back into this when they had at least three uh turnovers off of inbounds tonight. And I don't understand why they can't why they can't get the ball in. Uh and it's usually Richardson, I feel like, passing the ball in where that happens. I don't know I don't know how they fix that, but it's one of those things that just really kind of sticks out to me and uh, it's one of those things that you're not going to be able to get away with in the playoffs. I uh, I have a solution, actually. It's it's really complicated, but what it really boils down to is that don't let Richardson do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, especially when you have Brunson and Luke on the floor, make one of them do it. They're the two best passers on the team. Yeah. Or Trey Burke. I mean, Richardson, do not, don't let Trey Burke do it either. <laughs> no, just – I know you. I know you don't want Luca doing it necessarily because you want him to get the ball in his hands as quickly as possible. But have Brunson do it. Have literally anybody else do it at this point, because tonight was bad, and they're going to be in those situations in the playoffs if, or in the play-in game, whichever they end up in first. And Richardson's not going to cut it. A little tidbit here. I've been while you were saying that, I was looking at uh, what Mavs PR has been putting out and. Like you said, Luca he finished the game with 36 points, uh, 11 of 15 from the field, 7 of 11 from three, and he had eight rebounds, five assists. And they said that Luca is now tied for the NBA lead with uh, Jokic with 15 games. That's the most games, tied for the most games with 30-plus points, five-plus rebounds, and five-plus assists this season. So, And in my opinion, uh, Jokic is the, the MVP favorite at this point. Uh, just because of how he's played. I know the, the Nuggets, they're not as high up in the, in the Western Conference uh, standings as they, sh- as they probably should be right now, but they're getting there. And uh, the higher they go, the more likely it is that Jokic is going to win MVP. So that, that's a good stat there. Uh, they had another one here. You have – let me see. Do you have Dorian's stat line? I was going to bring that up too. I can't find it now though. Yeah, yeah. Uh... 11 points, uh, four of seven from the field, three of five from three, nine rebounds, two steals, plus 13. I, th- I, I want to say that was a season high in rebounds for Dorian, too. So I believe it is. Uh, he had a – of those two miss. I didn't realize he was three of five in this game. It felt like it, he shot worse from that because the two that he missed were those wide-open threes that, <laughs> that you get so annoyed that he can't hit. But I guess I guess he can't hit them all. Uh, He's an X factor for this team. Uh, JJ Reddit is going to be an X factor. We talked about him on the last pod when we did the uh, live locker room, uh, and he finally, you know, came out. He put Dallas in his bio. He told uh, Mavs Twitter to chill the f out uh, earlier today on his podcast. So all is good there, uh, and he should be a factor once he eventually. Uh, gets to Dallas, and he's supposedly meeting up with the team in New York, and he'll have media availability and all that, and then uh, it'll probably be another week or a little over before he actually plays. But that's the kind of stuff, you know, with Finney Smith tonight where he had a couple of those wide-open shots that, that didn't go in. That's where Reddick could be a real factor for this team, hitting down those wide-open threes. Uh, he's, a, he's excellent moving off the ball. Uh, I think adding him into the mix could potentially keep games like this from getting out of, you know, almost out of control. 
you can reel it in a little bit. You can add more consistent shot making. You're not going through those real long offensive droughts uh, when you add him into the mix. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, that's <clears throat> when they traded for him, my immediate thought was move Dorian to the bench and start J.J. I, was, I know he's 36, but having him and Richardson out there offensively gives you so much more offensive firepower than having Dorian out there. And Dorian, you know, I love him for, for what he does, but he's I don't think he's necessarily starting caliber. Um, I think he's more suited for a bench role, and I think he'd thrive on the bench role. And, it you know, it – it adds one more piece and moves another piece down the line and it, it makes you a deeper team. And having JJ out there is just so dangerous because he already runs around like crazy. We talked about, like we talked about this last time, he's going to wear out defenders. He's going to get open shots. And I, I remember you telling me a stat, I think last, last time we recorded on locker room about his open three point percentage. And my, I think my jaw just like hit the floor. Because he's he's yeah. such a good shooter. And... Yeah. So that stat it was on on wide open catch and shoot jump shots this season. JJ Reddick's shooting close to ninety percent <laughs> on those. So uh, that that's insane. Uh, I, I can't wait to see him. Now I wouldn't. I don't think I'd start him in place of Dorian. Uh, I would honestly, Matt, with the way Josh Richardson is playing, I'd almost kind of want to. <laughs> replace him in the starting lineup. Uh, I know he's been good defensively on these uh, smaller guards and everything, but, man, offensively, he's been uh, he's been ice cold for about five or six games now. It's, it's gotten to the point where uh, you almost wonder if he's hurting more than helping at this point. You think this is something he can break out of, or you think this is just, you know, this is who he is at this point? No, I mean, I think he can break out of it. We saw him play well, you know, before this cold cold streak started. So there's no reason to think he can't get it back. Um, you can see signs of it. He's still the team's best defender. So, at least in my opinion. So, I would keep him on the floor. Maybe having Redick out there to space things out a little bit more helps him get more open shots too. Um, it just uh, – having Redick out there is going to do so many different things than having Dorian stand in a corner. Um, so obviously they'll have to play with it and they'll have to see what works best. But from my opinion, I, I think that, that Josh Richardson should be a lock in starter because he's better at everything than Dorian, even when he's cold. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, over the last, over his last, I'm looking at his, let's see, his last five games. So he was three of nine tonight. Uh, you know, not terrible, but not good either. Uh, it was three of nine tonight. He was four of seven the game before. One of 11 in the loss to the New Orleans Pelicans uh, and four of 14 in the loss to the Indiana Pacers. And then he was three of six against Minnesota. So what you're looking at here, Matt, is as long as Josh Richardson just isn't absolutely terrible from the field <laughs> – the Mavs are, are generally winning these games. But uh, the, the two losses in the last five games that came to the Pelicans and the, uh, and the uh, Pacers, he combined to go five of 25 <laughs> from the field. So uh, I, th I think it's safe to say that, you know, as long as he just doesn't hit rock bottom, the Mavs will be okay. 
Hey guys, it's Matt again. This time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description in the box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Uh, moving on to our next topic, and you know we're, we're not going to go too long tonight, but I did want to get into this a little bit too. Uh, Christos Porzingis. He had a pretty good game tonight. Um, what was his final stat line? You got it pulled up there? Yeah, uh, 19 points, eight rebounds, three blocks, uh, plus 15. He was six of 15 from the floor, uh, three of seven from three. So, yeah, and uh, okay, in, three, in 30 in 32 minutes, too. Uh, so that. That probably answers my question before I even get to it, but he hardly played any in the fourth. I mean, he got stuck in there at the end for rebounding purposes, but, uh, you know, he, he hardly didn't play in the fourth. And it, that was mainly during when the Celtics were making their huge comeback. And, you know, he was only 6'15 from the field, but uh, he had a pretty good game. You know, he threw out a couple of assists, like you said, 19 points, eight rebounds, uh, three blocks. Uh, he had a really decent game, and for whatever reason, uh, Rick decided not to play him uh, in the fourth quarter uh, when it mattered most. So, I mean, you think that was just a minutes thing since he had already gotten up to 32 minutes? Or, I mean, what, what do you think was going on there? I don't know, but – and I get it. Like, they're they're concerned because they don't want him to get hurt again. Because Not just for the, the sake of the team necessarily either – but probably also because if he gets hurt again, fans are going to flip out. Yeah. And it, it might have had something to do with minutes, but whatever the case, I, I just don't get it. Because when he's not in there, I know he's not the best defender in the world, but when he's not in there, the rim is wide open. There's nobody else that can protect it. And I know they, they, they throw in Melly now or they can throw in somebody. It, it, it's not the same. So, and you saw that when he went out, Boston really started to make a move because they could do basically whatever they wanted. And, you know, here we are. They, they barely escaped. Yeah, so. I mean, he, I think Rick could have at least put him in there for maybe 35, you know, get about three more minutes given how well he was playing and how – I mean, really on the defensive end, I mean, the rebounds were nice, the points were nice, but defensively, KP was was good KP tonight. He was the guy that you could see 
potentially making a difference in a playoff series, you know, as, as good as he was on defense. So I don't know, man. I, I just kind of got the feeling during that fourth quarter that Rick was treating him more like a, uh, a situational role player since the Celtics went so small uh, instead of, you know, treating him like a like perceived second star next to Luca. And I mean, I could, I could, I don't know if KP was really frustrated about it or not. I, I didn't see his body language or how he was acting about it, but I mean, I would have been kind of upset if I was him. Now the Mavs end up getting the win and then, you know, everybody forgets about it tomorrow and looks forward to the next game. But if they don't win this game, then Rick's, <laughs> Rick's catching some heat for that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I'd like to think it was just a minutes thing and it wasn't just, you know, Rick thinking, okay, I can't play him against, you know, the small ball lineup and uh, just rolling with who he had out there. So, by the way, shout out to Nico Melli. You know, we, talk, <laughs> we talked about he, – he didn't play a lot tonight, but every time he's gone in there so far for the Mavs, he does something positive, and I'm super excited about it. I, I, we were talking with our guy, Kirk, during the game, and uh, I said, you know what? This is exactly what we thought it would be or what we hoped it would be. Nico Melli is an upgrade over Dwight Powell, and that's not saying very much, but, you know, that that makes a difference because the Mavs get to steal some minutes there. And I, I love it. Nico Melli, he can play some defense, and he can uh, he can hit a three every now and then. <laughs> He looks like an NBA player. Yeah, which always helps. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited about it. We haven't we haven't gotten to see uh, JJ Redick out there yet, but so far the the Melly Mountain experience has been has been something to behold. <laughs> yeah, here's my question: Is Friday night's game the first time KP will play in New York since the trade, or did he play? against no, no, he, he, he played in both games last year and he he played well too I mean he put up some pretty big numbers too but the Mavs overall uh kind of let him down <laughs> so uh, long ago even though it was closer than the previous season before you know what I mean it's just yeah. uh, it's you kind of you hated it for KP too because you know he like I said he he played so well in those games. Uh, I don't remember his efficiency. I just remember him putting up some big numbers and uh, it just didn't translate over to wins. But uh, I think they can, like I said, they owe the Knicks one. And I don't think he'll have, I don't think there will be the same uh, pressure on the Mavs like there was, you know, last year. And it was, let's see, that, that was, that was really early in the season, both of those games. So KP hadn't been back very long and, uh, the team didn't really have a bunch of chemistry established and everything. And as well as the Mavs are playing now, I think if they can find a way to contain uh, Julius Randle, who used to be a versus Mavs all-star, but now he's so good so consistently, he he's no longer in that category. He's just an all-star. <laughs> uh, I, I think the Mavs can can find a way to to win that one. I think they can. I think they can outscore Tom Thibodeau's Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I think so. Sure. I had a moment there. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I think they can outscore one of his teams. So we'll see how it goes. And then uh, then they'll finish off the road trip Saturday at Washington. And uh, that one kind of that one kind of scares me a little bit because Russell Westbrook's been going off lately. 
and I don't know if Bradley Beal will play. But anyway, so things looking good for the Mavs. Uh, they're they're sitting in seventh all alone in the West um, with the trades that the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets made. Uh, the Trailblazers got Norman Powell from Toronto, and the Nuggets got Aaron Gordon from the Magic. I I don't know, Matt. I don't think they're going to end up catching either one of those teams in the standings. I kind of feel like seventh is where the Mavs are locked in right now. Uh, obviously, you don't know where uh, injuries will happen during the season, and the Mavs, they have a super, super easy schedule in May where they can rack up a bunch of wins together. But um, I think that might be one reason why the Mavs are being so conservative on, you know, these back-to-backs and not playing Luka and KP against teams that if they did play them against, it'd be an automatic win. Uh, They might just think that they're locked into that seventh spot given, you know, all the losses that racked up during the COVID uh, part of this season. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the case. I still hate it, though, because that's two wins that you could have had that could make a difference at the end. So it's, it's kind of a catch-22, I guess. Yeah. You know, you want them to be healthy, and you, you'd like to think that you can beat those teams without one or both of those guys. But, you know, that's just what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. So um, – there really isn't an advantageous spot to be in the West standings anyway. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously you don't want to be in the play-in, but even if you're in sixth, you're going to be in a bad matchup. If you're fifth, you're going to it's, – it's so, it's so tough that it doesn't really matter. Just, you know, make the playoffs, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different opinions out there, but, you know – Basically, your options for the Mavs right now, just looking at the standings and assuming that Denver and Portland don't just escalate all the way up to the top three. Basically, the Mavs are looking at three teams right now that they they could play. They could either be the eight seed and play the Utah Jazz, uh, the seven seed where they're at now, and they'd either play the Clippers or the Suns, most likely the Suns. Uh, and either <laughs> either one, you know, the Suns, they uh, – the Mavs have not played well versus the Suns since they drafted Luka. Uh, I think they're like one in nine overall, uh, one in three since the Suns got Chris Paul. But uh, I think that's right. Maybe – I don't think that last one's right. Close enough. I don't know. Anyway, they, the point is they just – they have a hard time against the Suns. They can't beat them. Uh, the Clippers, I don't know, man. I I'd almost feel more confident against the Clippers than I would the Suns, just given that the Mavs won the season series. Both wins were complete blowouts. Uh, and then, you know, they just added Rondo. So there'd be a little bit of extra juice there, I feel like, for a playoff series. So, like you said, there's no there, – <laughs> there's no good answer, but uh, – I don't know. We'll see how it goes. If Luca and KP are 100%, uh, that's the main thing. Though. I, I give them a fighting chance against any team they play. Because we saw it last year. If KP didn't get injured, if he didn't tear his meniscus uh, and not be able to play but two and a half games, Mavs might have moved on last year, too, as, as good as they were playing. So, yeah. um, I have a hot take. What's that? I would rather play anybody else in the West than the Suns. <laughs> it's been that bad 
when the Mavs play them. I mean, and they play them well, you know, generally throughout the game. But then when it gets to the fourth quarter, they just completely fall. You know, Chris Paul just carves them up. You know, there's either Chris Paul or Devin Booker hitting a a game-winning three. It just seems like that's always in the cards when the Mavs and Suns get together. So, I hope that one does – I'm with you. I hope that doesn't happen. I do not want that matchup because I won't have any hair uh, after however many games it goes. But uh, good win for the Mavs tonight, even though it was stressful. Hopefully they get another one in New York. KP, I desperately want that for him because he hasn't had it since the trade. Uh, So we're we're hoping for the best. I think Luca will show out at uh, Madison Square Garden, and hopefully KP will too. But, Matt, anything else before we take off? No, I'm good. Um, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing KP finally give it to New York. Um, their fans suck, so dude, I, I really want that for him too. Dude, they've been so. I've seen some of the nastiest stuff get said to KP. Uh, I had a, I had a Knicks guy threaten to come to my house and, and kick my ass on Twitter, like multiple times. <laughs> he sent me my parents' old address. I was like. I was like, well, my parents don't live there live there anymore, so I just messaged him back, and I was like, all right, man, come on, I'm ready. So I hope he didn't show up to that family's house. I'll never forget, and by the way, this is this is related to this Mavs cat right here, but I'll never forget uh, Fish. He posted a picture of some guy in a cowboy hat, and he was screaming. He like had his arms up screaming and everything, and I quote tweeted it and said, this is the human reincarnation of Mavs cat. And some dude came on there like, Hey bro, that's my cousin and and everything. And then Kurt got in on it too. And he threatened to drive to uh, Washington DC to beat up Kurt. That was amazing. (laughs) It was, it all originated from a compliment. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, he ended up getting uh, his account suspended and we never heard from him again, but I'll never forget that. That was one of the funniest uh, moments on Mavs Twitter I've been a part of. So, Anyway, guys, we appreciate it. Uh, Hope you go and like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We are so close to 1,000 subscribers, and once we get there, we're going to give out two tickets uh, to one lucky subscriber uh, to the Mavs game of your choice so hit that subscribe button we're almost there and we appreciate it guys y'all have a great rest of the weekend and let me step back for a minute let me step back for a minute let me step back for a minute let me step back for a minute